Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah, it's good to be back. Hour two of the show. If you are on hold, and we got some regular callers on hold, I promise we will get to you. I want to get to you, in fact, since we were talking about LSU, Joe Burrow. We got to talk a little Pelicans now, and Scott Kushner is on the line, Pelicans beat writer for the Times Picayune and the Advocates. Is summer league complete? Pelicans make the semifinals there, and they had the introductions yesterday. Yesterday for the quartet of new players sitting alongside David Griffin. I thought it was a pretty good press conference, pretty good introduction, like they all have been. Scott, how you doing, bud? Doing well, I'm doing well. It's been a busy uh, off season, the busiest <laughs> I can remember. Yeah, a little, little different summer for you. I would bet a little, little more uh, hands on for you. Oh my God, it's been crazy. I mean, basically since January, this whole place has been uh, tumultuous and and rocky and crazy and uplifting, and it's been a very strange road uh, in 2019. So I think we're finally about to see it calm down. Yeah, uh, here in this week. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to continue to be strange into the season. At least that's my prediction, Scott. Uh, the summer league was a little strange because Zion played what about eleven minutes, something like that, or eight minutes, and then uh, he was out. And, and I want to start there because we're going to talk about this. I think next segment, but you have the, the cascade of comments from everybody across the country now that are hating on Zion's weight when they never hated on Zion's weight in college. They just admired and, I guess, were mesmerized by the side strength uh, strength and you know athleticism combination that he possessed at Duke. And now all of a sudden, I guess that's a massive problem, Scott. I, I, I don't get it at all. Well, he was definitely bigger uh, for the nine minutes he played in summer league or whatever than he was at Duke. Uh, I think he was noticeably more out of shape. And uh, I think, you know, it's when it's noticeable like that, and frankly, when there's not a lot else to talk about because he only played for nine minutes, it's going to be a topic. Um, it's pretty clear he wasn't ready for summer league. I think it, it's, a, it's a real – concern is the wrong way to put it, but it's a real issue as far as, like, uh, should he have been out there considering that he was obviously not in – game condition and it's understandable why he wasn't in game condition he really hadn't had to do anything from a basketball perspective since march uh he didn't really have to work out for anybody uh he didn't really have to worry about the draft he didn't have to worry about the combine so and he's not going to go like getting crazy shape to go perform at summer league so it's like a kind of an obvious thing to have happen but it is also a true thing that happened he was out of shape, overweight, whatever you want to call it, uh, for this. But it doesn't mean he's going to be out of shape entering the season. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you he will not be in the same conditioning that he was in June, or sorry, that he was in July. He will not be that way in October. It just is not the case. No, this Pelican staff won't that, let that happen. Other players are really impressive. I think probably most impressive was uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think people across the country were really impressed by his ability, surprisingly, to play the one. I don't think he's going to do that much at all this season, but he seems to be a little more versatile uh, than he was and, and maybe a little more um, – a little more of a dynamic score also than, than we thought he was um, coming out of uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, absolutely. I I think there was a, a thought that if he would have been considered 
someone who could, you know, bring the ball up and be on the ball as a pure one, uh, he probably wouldn't have still been around when they picked uh, at 17. Uh, There definitely was more of an off-guard feel to him from a scouting perspective from, you know, the handful of Pelicans people I talked to. I didn't know anything about him entering the draft, but just as they came across him, I think they were pleasantly surprised by what he was able to do in summer league now. Summer League can make fools of a lot of people. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a it's a league that's to put it in perspective for Summer League, it's a league that is well below like the, the highest levels in Europe. And for example, Luka Doncic at 19 years old or 18 years old won the MVP in Europe. So like that's the level of like rookie that you're talking about. Like that, it's a step below that. So. The idea that like you're going to glean a whole bunch from a guy being first team all summer league, it's really hard to tell. But I think some of those skills obviously translate. And what you've also noticed from both him and Hayes is that they clearly have NBA ability and they have, uh, you know, the skill set that fits into the way the league plays the game. Which there are times you see guys show up to summer league and it's very obvious. They are not going to fit in. Greg Oden is like the ultimate example of that, right? Of like he stepped in and it was pretty clear, like, oh, this is going to be a real difficult transition for him. Uh, that's not the case with either of those guys. Jackson Hayes has a lot of work to do, but Alexander Walker, I think, proved there is a, a, a wider array of skill set and maybe more refined than they were expecting uh, as he steps into the league. Now he's going to be part of this depth on this Pelicans roster this coming season. Depth, it, it might be the deepest team, and I realize the top-level talent's not equal to you know teams like the ones out in L.A., but deep, I don't know if there's a deeper team in the NBA than them. Uh, the, we already saw the surprising uh, release of Christian Wood. I think maybe more to come, Scott. If we assume that, that Cheatham is not there, they, they uh, drafted and stashed Silva, who signed internationally. I think, I guess we're guessing Blewett's not going to be there. That is still leaves 16. So who's the other odd guy out? Uh, is he going to carry 15, if I'm right, Scott, and into the regular season? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I, I believe, you know, they'll end up putting somebody on a two-way. Somebody will be um, on a designation. They'll probably still – and they'll enter – you know, you can enter camp with, I believe it's 20, uh, and then make cuts from there. So they'll enter camp with, you know, 18, wherever they'll sign a couple guys um, to be camp bodies and grab some minutes in the preseason. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they've got a real competition that's going to have to take place uh, for some of those spots at the very end. But, you know, those type of things tend to work themselves out over time. And you've got so many guys that aren't guaranteed deals that it's like it just sort of eventually <laughs> works out. And by the time the first game starts, it's such an afterthought. Like, I feel like, uh, don't you feel that way with the Saints sometimes, too, where it's like, yeah. we spend all this energy worrying about who's going to make the 52nd, 53rd spot. In the <laughs> and then the minute the first game kicks off, like, nobody talks about those guys ever again. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, we're talking to Scott Kushner, who covers the Pelicans for the Times-Picayune and the Advocate. Does this depth mean that somebody like Etwan Moore, and I guess we've talked about this a lot, and not just us, I'm talking about us as in the people in New Orleans, Pelicans fan, uh, could he be a guy that, that is still traded? I think he's uh, definitely a candidate to be traded. He's on you know, the block or whoever you want to say it. Um, you know, his salary is large enough that it could actually bring back a pretty decent player who maybe fits more into a role that they don't have. Uh, but there's just levels to him that I'm not sure necessarily teams are super attracted to. He doesn't, he's not big enough to be a three. He's not really 
fast enough to be a two. He doesn't really have a, a very particularly well-defined game. And he's also someone who is just kind of an easy guy to keep around. Uh, he does a lot of things that they like as far as, you know, he's super quiet. He's a good locker room guy. He defends uh, as well as he can for his position and his size. Uh, but I do – I think – when you look at his contract and Darius Miller's contract, you kind of add those numbers up, uh, considering Miller's new contract, you start to see what David Griffin is kind of thinking entering the deadline, which is that if he can piece together some of those deals, uh, he can go get a player who's really good on a bad team that's looking to make a salary dump for some expiring contracts. And that would kind of be a perfect scenario. So I don't think he'll necessarily be moved now, but I definitely think he's probably – him and Miller are probably two really good candidates to get moved at the deadline. Well, yesterday out at Pelicans camp, we had the introduction of four different players, the three from the Lakers, Ball, Hart, and Ingram, and then also probably the most overlooked newcomer on the Pelicans, and that's Derek Favors. Uh, listen to this, everybody. Uh, this was yesterday uh, David Griffin talking about uh, Favors and, and his role here in New Orleans. And that is what I have heard from everybody, Scott, over the last few weeks. And it seems like with the, the release of Christian Wood that they're very comfortable going in with the front court depth that they have and Derek Favors kind of leading that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it, is, it is a really – you know, you saw that press conference yesterday, and I have a column that will be um, on the one of the night or uh, in, in the paper tomorrow morning just about how it was very clear when you looked at all four of those guys that they're all kind of looking for a little bit of redemption – for where they were and that their their reason they were on the trade block the way they were is because they don't quite they never quite reached the level at which they considered themselves like that's that they none of them ever reached the maximum potential that i think they all felt they have and very obvious with ingram and ball guys who've been hurt and guys who kind of flamed out on on bad laker teams and never quite got there uh josh hart someone who's just trying to kind of be more of a leader of a guy who's off the bench you know, you've got that Marcus Smart style guy. And then you've got someone like Favors, who I think did so many of the right things. And you saw the way he was treated in Utah leaving that everybody was like falling over themselves. Congratulate him on such a, a great jazz career and what a great guy he is and all that stuff. And the reason people do that is because he sacrificed himself. And I don't know how good he'll be in New Orleans. I think there's a lot of people who are just assuming because he took a lesser role that he's going to be really good when he gets to New Orleans. That's a stretch, but it's very clear he did sacrifice himself to allow Rudy Gobert to maximize himself because he is a lesser player than Rudy Gobert, and that's very obvious. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. Oh, sorry. Continue, Scott. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was just saying that the idea that he is now getting the opportunity to spread his wings a little bit and to really take on the full role of what a, a full starting center position means, that is completely accurate, and that is a fair way to assess it. And it's going to be really interesting to see just how much he can bring to yeah. the, the starting lineup. And I can't wait to see him alongside Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram a couple of years ago was thought of by most across the NBA as a breakout star in the making. He had injury problems last year. Um, there are concerns about that. There's also concerns about his, his size. I always thought, Scott, that strength is one of the most – overrated aspects of an NBA player because you don't need necessarily strength to be a very, very good and all-star level player. But when we saw him in that press conference yesterday, he hasn't been able to work out really. I mean, he was as you know skinny as he ever has been. Are there still concerns there about Ingram? 
I mean, there are obviously there are concerns. I mean, the guys coming off of thrombosis or I don't know the exact medical term. It's a blood clot uh, in his in his uh, right arm, and it's it's a real concern. I mean, he basically said he hasn't picked up a basketball since March, and he said he's doing some stuff. But uh, I mean, that's a real thing you got to recuperate from. And he's just a very slight guy. He's tall. It's it's so wild to have him and Zion Williamson on the floor at the same time. Like, could you imagine two more distinct body types? <laughs> right. Completely different. Like they're the complete opposite. Now they can both be effective. Uh, but yeah, it just, it does show that there are a lot of ways to get it done because Kevin Durant, you know, like famously couldn't even lift the, the two fifty at, you know, the, uh, the combine when he was in there, he's made a pretty decent NBA career for himself. Ingram's going to have to live on the outside. He's going to shoot. He's going to, you know, get a handful of offensive rebounds and stuff like that. But he is not a guy who's going to live in the paint. He's not a guy that's going to knock heads with the Anthony Davises of the world. So it's it's not exactly critical that he be strong enough to do a lot of that. But it does, you know, it is important that he is able to handle himself out there. That he doesn't look like a 17-year-old, which, quite frankly, he looks right now the exact same way he looked at Duke. And I think that can be seen as a problem. And he's got a lot to prove because his contract's coming up at the end of the year. He's going to get paid one way or the other because there's just not a lot of free agents in this class coming up in the next, for next summer. And the Pelicans need to decide what he actually brings to them on a team led by Zion and Drew Holiday. So it's a really uh, – he's probably the guy I think is the biggest X factor for if they're actually good this year. He will be the biggest swing maker depending on what level of – he lives up to his potential. In. It's been a wild, entertaining offseason. I think it's going to be a wild, entertaining season. And Scott Kushner will have it all for you at NOLA.com, the Times Picayune, and the Advocate. Scott, always appreciate it, bud. Thanks, Seth. Talk to you soon, man. All right. So we'll take a break. When we come back, thanks if you're on hold for hanging on. I know some of you have been on hold for a very long time. I promise we'll get to you next on The Last Lap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 